Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Um, And I'm going to preach this morning, give a message about the house of the Lord, about church. Uh, And when I talk about the house of the Lord, we tend to think it's this, this room right here on a Sunday. But whether it's the house of the Lord, whether we're gathered together or whether we're away from each other, whether we're here together or whether we're in our connect groups or we meet together for prayer or whether we're in our homes or whether we're in our jobs, we remain a community. Whether we're here or apart, we remain a community. Uh, And so if I'm talking about the house of the Lord, I do mean what we're doing right now, but I also mean it's much more. I also mean whether we're together or apart, we are the house of the Lord because in the house of the Lord is where things transact between heaven and earth and that's upon each one of us. So good morning. I'm going to leave the band praying a bit because I'm going to pray one of the prayers out of our liturgy thing. Uh, I thought it was interesting when Nicole was talking about the lollies, packing the lollies down and getting rid of the space because I was actually thinking of a skip bin at the time. When I pay for that skip bin, I am going to put everything I possibly can in there. And I know I'm not supposed to go above the level, but I go, how far above the level can I go? And they're still going to take it away. Anyone else think about a skip bin? Just me? Oh, there we go. So I want to bookend my message this morning with a couple of prayers out of our um, liturgy, liturgy uh, liturgies of purpose. And if we've got our little purpose circles up there, thanks, Yanni. Um, Our lead pastor, Emma, has written some prayers, some liturgies. And liturgies are really just prayers which are meant to be prayed out loud uh, and corporately. And uh, for each of the uh, purpose circles there, uh, seven of them, uh, Pastor Emma has written a prayer for us. And if you can grab one of these, not now, but, you know, on your way out, if you don't have one, or it's certainly on the website, you can click onto the website, you'll see the the, uh, purpose circles there. And if you click on each one of those, you will see the prayer liturgy come up. And Nicole mentioned it this morning, one of the great things about the liturgies, if you don't have a devotion thing going, you can actually use these as a really good basis for that. Pray one a day. There's seven of them. Uh, Pray two a week, whatever works for you. You Read half of it on maybe seven days, takes you through one of them. It's getting a habit going. Also, you'll have um, little script verses to go with it. So I have sometimes not read the prayer, but I've gone to one or two of the verses. And so it find it, 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 it's, a, um, it's a really good resource for us because I think one of the things that we have uh, an issue with today in the church is that we have such an abundance of resources coming our way. And if we're not careful, we're looking to the left and the right and the left and the right and the up and down because there's so many good things. Can I encourage you? Simplify it because this is ours. This is where we are. This is how we are being fed by our lead pastors. And can I encourage you, if you are feeling like you're overwhelmed with where to look and what to go and what to pray and how to do it all, can I encourage you to just filter it all the way down to something simple because this is ours. This is what we do to be about the things that God wants us to do. So I want to read from a liturgy for people who grow as influencers. We put Jesus at the centre, but uh, we, we put Jesus at the centre so he will grow us and fill us that we might be able to meet the needs of others. 
We are here for the sake of others. We are here for the sake of the world. We want to grow strong in our faith. We want to grow strong as a church community for ourselves, but probably more so for the sake of the world, for the sake of others. So let me read this uh, and with that in mind. This is a liturgy for people who want to grow as influencers, people who want to take the presence of God with them wherever they go. Jesus challenges us to be the light of the world. So where we go, we take that light and we take that presence. So let me read this. We find ourselves here again. You might want to just close your eyes and listen to my dulcet tones. We find ourselves here again, shaking off our preoccupation with self, kicking to the curb our comparison traps and pitfalls, and instead feet ready, heart ready, goal ready, and we forget what is behind, and we strain towards what is ahead, and we press on towards the goal to that we have been called. This call is to grow in you, Lord. This call is to take up space in a room, to take up space in a city, for we are agents of godly change. This call we receive is to influence and not to be influenced. Maker of all, let your kingdom come in and then through us, in our workplace, our schools, our homes and our businesses, that we will be caretakers and meaning makers of the gifts that you have fashioned within us. So Holy Spirit, breathe on these embers now and start within us a fire of our gifts. For we commit to using these gifts in the big and in the little, in the extraordinary and the ordinary, in the middle and in the muddle. For we see that we are a people whose voices, pens, words, sounds, systems, designs, colours, creativity and conversations will go above the noise, above the clutter, the feasts, the chaos, the look-at-me dialogues to the ones in need, to the tens, to the thousands, to the millions, because you have called us to be people and storytellers of influence. So we surrender to your let there be light. We surrender to that growing in us step by step and day by day. A light that is uplifting, door opening, service bringing, integrity breathing, feet grounding. For we declare again, maker of heaven and earth, grow us from the inside out. Form us in your glory drenched light. Amen. Amen. Let's receive that this morning. We put Jesus at the centre for our own sakes, but that's not where we remain. We want to go out, to be people who go beyond, to be people in our relationships, whether that be family or friends, are the presence of God, the aroma of Christ, the Bible says. And we want to be people of influence, changing the world. We want to be God's light in darkness, his presence, his love, his grace, peace and strength. You know, sometimes we look at the Bible and, and we think it's about somehow we've got to get to heaven. It's about where on earth and we want to get to heaven. 
Another way to flip it is to go, it's actually about heaven coming to earth. And as the family of God and as the people of God, that is a charge upon us. Jesus came from heaven to earth. The Holy Spirit came from heaven to earth. The church was birthed because the Holy Spirit came from heaven and started a fire on those early apostles that the earth was then changed and the planet was moved. You know, I've said this before, my strong conviction is that the greatest endeavour that we can put our heart and soul into, the greatest endeavour we can put our gifts into is the local church. And we look around and go, well, it's just the local church. I'm not quite sure what the impact is, you know, but we know the Bible tells us that above Jesus Christ, Jesus, I'm going to read it in a minute, you know, angels are ascending and angels are descending. And so therefore we are agents of change. And Jesus pointed us in this direction. So I'm talking about the church today, I'm talking about us and how we should value and uh, esteem this community. I mean, look around you. We're not just a bunch of people getting together. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are powerful in prayer. We are powerful in faith. We are powerful in community. We go beyond. We are people of influence. And whether we gather here or we are apart, we remain exactly that. So let's start with Jesus. Is that a good place to start? It is. All right. From John chapter 2. And this is where Jesus actually shifts everything. He shifts everything and he challenges what uh, the established way of doing church was. Because the church, well, let's, the, the Jewish people had their temple. We've changed that into the church. But we had the temple. Uh, and the temple was the centre of uh, Jewish life and Jewish culture. And here in this scripture we see that Jesus challenges that and shifts it. And I'd love the band to stay up, but I'm probably going to be talking a while yet. So would you like to rest your fingers? No, you can go as well. Yeah. You go and recharge. You'll be back soon. Thanks. So in John chapter 2, verse 18, and this is the at the end of that well-known, if you know the story, um, event where Jesus goes into the temples. It's John chapter 2, so it's very early on in his ministry and he goes in there and he clears out the temple courts and he turns over the tables the money changes he kicks them out and all those who are selling and buying um, animals and the Jews respond to him in verse 18 and they say the Jews responded to him says what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this and Jesus answered them destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. He's looking at the temple of, um, of the Israelites. And they replied, it's taken 46 years to build this temple and you were going to raise it in three days. But the temple he had spoken of was his body. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. And then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now there's a seismic shift in how we relate to God. Jesus goes, tear the temple down because really now I'm telling you the temple is my body. And that's a provocative statement to the rulers because the temple was God's glory in Israel. It was Israel's glory. And he says, that's gone now. There is something new happening. Now they knew exactly what temple was. If, if we go out, I wanted to actually call this message something about temple and stuff, but I know if I put that up, People go, what? That's 
something about a building where some obsolete rituals and stuff go on. You know, we don't talk temple or tabernacle anymore, even though they're wonderful words if you dig down into them. But those people in those days knew what temple was. Temple was where heaven and earth came together. We're in a temple, we're in a tabernacle now. It was where the eternal and the temporal, where the spiritual and the physical came together because in a temple, two things happened or two things were going on. Number one, God was present. If you wanted to go and encounter God or meet God, you went to the temple. And we know in the biblical temple there, the tabernacle that the Israelites set up, that God was, his presence was in the Holy of Holies, way back there. Right. In fact, before I got to the Holy of Holies, there was a, an outer room called the Holy Place. If you came out of the Holy Place, you were in the inner court. And if you came out of the inner court, you were in the outer court. And if you came out of the outer court, then you were in the court of the Gentiles. But that was where God's presence was. I couldn't quite get there, but I knew where it was. It was in the temple, and that's what temples were. A lot of the pagans had temples, and that's where you meet, went to meet the pagan god. Let's just stick with the Israelites. So. so, I'm coming to the temple because God is there. Now, keep in mind, we are now God's temple, the people of God. Yeah? This is where you, we come within our community to meet God. The other thing that you did at the temple was that somehow we had to bridge that gap because I'm coming to see God, but there's a lot of barriers in the way. Court of the Gentiles, out of court, so long as you were Jewish, you could get there in a court, holy place, holy, there's a lot, lot of barriers there. So the other thing that happened in the temple was that that distance or that bridge had to be, well, that gap, sorry, had to be bridged. And that's why you had priests. And that's why you had sacrifices. And that's why you had rituals. The temple was where you came to meet God and where the priests would mediate for you and you'd be able to make yourself right with God. And Jesus says... That practice is no longer needed because I am the temple. My body is the temple. And we've got to move on with that. That's where the Jewish people missed out. So what's Jesus saying? He's saying it's no longer a building. It's no longer a series of practices. The temple of God is a person, Jesus Christ. The temple of God is now about a relationship. And in the temple that Jesus established as his body, he fulfills those two things. It's the presence of God. And if we remember the, the temple when it was dedicated by Solomon, he says, Lord, may your presence rest here. And the presence of God descended and so powerful that the priests couldn't even stand. And Jesus is going, that presence that was in the tabernacle is now in me and upon me. And in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9... This is what Paul writes, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Jesus establishes himself as, as God. The presence of God is there. We used to sing that in children's church. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelleth in my Lord. The eight-year-old. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelleth in my Lord. It's one of those ones you would go, do you know what you're singing? Not really. But it's scripture and it's, you know, I don't know what, you know what I mean. Beautiful. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. But also Jesus fulfills that second function of the temple. He is the bridge. He is the mediator that brings us into 
the presence of God. In every other temple, you got the presence of God. You had to pay the price. You had to bring your sacrifice. You had to find a priest. And Jesus says, those practices are gone now. Because not only am I God, not only am I the presence that you seek, the encounter that you need, but I am also the sacrifice. I am also the priest. I am the one who pays the price. You don't have to pay the price. I am the one who's paid the penalty. You don't pay the penalty. I, bring, I am the sacrifice you, and I have closed that bridge forever. That's why the veil of the curtain, the veil of the temple gets torn and all those barriers we spoke about before are no longer there. The presence of God rushes out and God says, come with boldness, come with confidence, you are welcome. There is no longer any barrier there and we find that in Jesus Christ. And he says this in John chapter 1 verse 51. Very truly I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, you are going to see heaven open and you are going to see the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man, on Jesus. And he's quoting a, a verse from or a dream that Jacob had in the Old Testament. And Jacob says, I saw a ladder, angels ascending and descending and surely this is the house of God. And Jesus says, ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He equates himself with the house of God, where we will encounter in heaven will come to earth and we will have what we need. And so we do away with the temple. And the temple is no longer a place. It's a person. It's the body of Jesus. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen, before he is uh, martyred, says, Don't you know this? The Most High does not live in houses made by human hands. For as the prophet says... God says, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool, what kind of house will you build for me? So God doesn't live in a house. That's what Jesus is saying. The temple is now and its practices are now obsolete. No material building constructed by men, no matter how great, is going to be the final dwelling place of God. Now in the first place, this is Jesus himself, as we saw he say, him say, his body is the temple of God. But in John chapter 15, we read this, just as Jesus was sent, so we are sent. Just as Jesus is the temple through his body, so we become the temple through the body of Christ who we are. Let me read you these scriptures, series of scriptures, so we get the message. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Now Jesus, Jesus is so clever. He says, destroy this and I will rebuild it in three days. He's speaking of his body as the temple. Now he comes and says, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. That makes us the temple. That makes us the place where angels and, uh, ascend and descend. That makes us the place where we encounter God. That makes us the place where we bridge the distance between what is happening on earth and what is happening in heaven. And we have to do that for the community. We have to do that. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29. No one hates their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church 
for we are members of his body. The final dwelling place of God is people. It's made up of people. The temple of God is made up of people. That makes sense. The temple of God must be built with the most valuable material in the universe. And that's not gold. It's not marble. The most valuable material in the universe is people. How do we know that? Because we were purchased at a price. And the price that was paid is the blood of Jesus. And so God's final dwelling place is amongst his people. What an unusual place to make it. Because we know what it's like to live in community. It gets messy, doesn't it? Someone's nodding their head way too easily, I think. (laughs) Don't you know that you yourselves, this is from 1 Corinthians, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? That is exciting. When you think about it, that is exciting. Here it is, the greatest endeavour on the planet to establish, build, to put your hands to the church. By church, I mean the community of believers. Let me read that again. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. So why have I called it built together? Ooh, let me tell you, I'm going to read the next scriptures. From 1 Peter. As you come to him, the living stones, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him. Sorry, let me read. As you come to him, the living stone, that's Jesus. Rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, prioritises Jesus as the living stone. You also, just like that, just like Jesus, you're being built together into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. You offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. From Ephesians, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. You are fellow citizens with God's people. You are members of his household. Look around you. This is the household of God. This is the home of God. This is the temple of God. You are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and it rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him... You too, you are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. We miss you if you're not here. We miss your gifts. We miss your prayers. We miss your encouragement. We need each other. You know, we're created in God's image. But if we look at that, God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. He is community. That's the only way God is love. Love's got to be expressed and it's got to be received. If we are 
in the image of God, then we are in community. We are built together. And God does that in two ways. Firstly, he quarries us out, if we use that temple metaphor again. That's our salvation. He, quar- he cuts us out of the world, roughly. When we go, you know what? There's something more to life. There's something that has got to be more fulfilling than what I'm doing and facing at the moment. That's why we're all here, because we realise that. And the Bible promises that if you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you will be born again, born of the Spirit. So he quarries us out, but that's not the end of it, because he wants to take us on the truck to the building site, and he wants to put us in. And what we don't want to do is fall off the truck along the way. As we fall off the truck along the way, we're just a stone at the side of the road. And that's not what we're designed for. We are designed to be built in. So that we are built in and the edifice rises as a wonderful building in which God can live by his spirit. You know, I know Sade, she's our worship leader. She'll spend time at home worshipping herself. Not worshipping herself. (laughs) That's idolatry, Sade. (laughs) Worshipping by herself. Worshipping by herself. Encounters the presence of God, and we should all do that. But how much more pleasing it is, I would suggest that you would say, when we bring the voices together. And the world needs it. The world needs it. We know out there that we are so, we, as in our Western culture in particular, are so driven by consumerism, so driven by the cult of me. We've gone through a long period, two or three hundred years, where we're going, we don't need God, we can explain everything. You know, we've got social programs. You know, we've got community groups. We've got science, you know. Medicine's certainly a lot better than it ever was. I love science, by the way. Okay. But not when it explains God away. Not when it says you don't need God. And we can solve everything because we've got wonderful brains. Poverty's just as bad as it ever was. War is just as bad as it ever was. Anxiety is possibly worse than it ever was. And so on we go. These are things that can only be solved by the presence of God. And God's solution is to sow us and build us together to be the temple of God, where people can come and meet God and people can come and find a community that will mediate God for them and close that gap and introduce Jesus. Thanks, Shade. You want to come up and do your thing? (laughs) So we want to pray together. We want to do Bible together. We want to do community together. Because it's good for us, but also because it's our calling. Each one of us has a gift. I've got to ask you, are you bringing it to the house of God and putting it into the building? 
Each one of us has time. Each one of us has a smiley face. Are you putting that at God's disposal? And whatever you might think of the church, and we're going to have close in prayer in a minute, because I know as wonderful as church can be, it's filled with people. So there is going to be offence. There is going to be hurt. There is going to be all sorts of messiness and we have to guard our heart about that because if there is something that God calls most precious, it is the church. And by church, I mean community. Doing our best. We're doing our best. Have you ever heard this phrase? Oh, I like church, I just don't like the people. <laughs> Who's ever heard that one? Yeah. Okay. Got to guard our heart. We've got to pray into that. And I'm going to pray a prayer in one of the other liturgies and give us an opportunity to you know, maybe repent of that and get our hearts aligned with with what God is calling us to be. It really is magnificent. Wouldn't you like to see? I'm here at the front every Sunday and during the week when I'm praying. In fact, Sade asked me, I have to go for an operation in a couple of weeks. It's all fine, don't stress. Um, And she said, how are you feeling? And I said, really peaceful about it all. And we were chatting and I said, you know what? There must be people praying for me. My wife is. Oh, I know. I know. I know. That's because we're built in together to form what God says is my resting place. It's my dwelling place. The church is his dwelling place made up of the most precious material in the universe, people. And so if I'm going to do what I think is the greatest endeavour on the world at the moment, I'm going to go, what is God doing? And Jesus made it very clear, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we know that the gates of hell are out and about and the answer is the church. And I know we can't see it, but I know from Nicole's prayer this morning and coming expectant, I know Jesus gives us this image. He goes, I can see angels ascending and descending. It's where heaven and earth interact. And the people of faith go, this is where stuff comes from heaven. Good stuff comes from heaven and lands amongst us. We need you. When you come on Sundays, when you come to our house churches, when you come to connect groups, there's online prayer meetings, there's all sorts of things going on which are really there to build you, but beyond you, to build the church and beyond the church to reach the community, which really needs, whether they know it or not, to meet with God and have that gap that bridged. And that's who we are. Do you know the last picture in the Bible, in the last chapter, is actually the city of God coming down to earth. And we've been seated to, before all that to actually bring that to pass. Let me pray. And let me give you a moment before I pray. Just as Sade plays the keys, just for the Holy Spirit to speak to you now. We need you, God needs you, the church needs you.
Nicole spoke earlier about, you know, praying that prayer of commitment. I think that's what God is challenging us with this morning. Am I dedicated and am I committed? Am I sold out to God's plan? So Holy Spirit, just quicken to us now what you know we need here this morning. So I'm going to read another one of these to close, another one of these, one of the liturgy prayers about people of a discipleship community. And as I read it, and as our anointed worship leader plays those keys, it's an opportunity for us to realign ourselves with God's today purpose. So if you become hardened toward the church, if you're no longer built in, or perhaps you've been hardened toward people, you're carrying a hurt or an offence, as I pray this, we're creating a space and an opportunity for you to hand that over to God. It may require some forgiveness on your part or it may require being asked for forgiveness. <clears throat> Perhaps church has become a bit of a chore. It's another thing on your to-do list. Don't fall back into the way the temple used to operate where you did things. No, no, no. It's about connection with Jesus. So if it's become a chore, another thing on your to-do list, let's take this opportunity to pray. I want to encourage you, go again, because you matter. God sees you, God knows you. And there's a wonderful promise. If you're planted in the house of the Lord, in other words, in a church community, you will flourish. So let me pray this. A liturgy for people of a discipleship community. Lord, you who by very definition and design are three in one. You are our perfect community. And we stand mindful of a pervading pull to make it all about ourselves. So forgive us again, Lord. Relational God, draw us back towards that table of community. May we break messy bread with others. May we roll up our sleeves and wash each other's tired feet. May we sing out of tune. May we sing out of time. But may we do it together. May we be lavish with our generosity, not our criticism. May we learn to mute the voice of preference and instead embrace unity. May we attune our ears knowing wisdom can come with a gift from another's mouth. May we be engaged, not in momentary glance, but with boots and all heartstrings. May we always swing towards giving, not just receiving. May we have the courage to be accountable with a trusted few, and may we remember the gripping honour and responsibility that we can help each other. We can help each other come more alive. For Sovereign Lord, we're reminded 
that the work of a disciple is indeed work, communal work. We follow you, Shepherd Jesus. Your church, your bride, is the engine room, the building ground, the rolling our sleeves up kitchen cafeteria. So for those who have put their hands up for such work, we are those people. So together, covered and scaffolded by your justice, truth, love and grace, we are indeed showing up as your people. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.